Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast. Code acast. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey Hooverers, I hope your eating has been happy. Before we start, I need to do a special thank you to those of you writing me the funniest, loveliest emails. I will get back to them all and know that I love them. Also, huge thanks to those of you rating and reviewing and putting nice things on the socials about this podcast. That's doing us and me wonders. The last thank you, but a mega one to my patrons. Thank you for helping me fund these podcasts gross question but have you got any spare money if so i'm on a brilliant site called patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you can swap various amounts of money a month from tiny to huge for very cool extra hoovering stuff secret outtakes and recipes and all sorts of magical shit thank you bye and sorry for asking i finished now so this week i'm talking to the increasingly stratospheric comedian dane baptiste he dumps on the rules of my last question but more than makes up for it by teaching me what froaching is froaching grow up Dare I serve a tall grown man a pudding with a plastic baby's spoon? Yes, I dare. We hardly talk about eating in the first half because Dane's got the state of the world on his mind, as per, but it's great conversation and we do get back to eating eventually. I big up my childhood neighbours and he bigs up his, except his is Craig David. We start with Dane already in the tail end of a list of gorgeous sugary things he's already eaten that day. I had like a jam bagel, then I had like a Twix. Um, and then I went into a brief diabetic coma. So, uh, <laughs> Just like proper time. I, I, I have them. Like oh, I, I don't have nuts, by the way. Oh, I don't you? Like, you did tell me that and I ignored it. 
Yeah. You can have some. Not an allergy. Not an allergy. No one's going to hurt themselves. Someone took an allergy on a plate and they have no nuts on the entire plate. Yeah, it's not worth the risk. Which is probably hard for that person to feel hatred burning their back. (laughs) (laughs) Only if they're on there with Mr. and Mrs. Nutfan. You'd think that most people would have the sensibility to understand. I'd rather go without nuts for five hours than watch a person die via anthropo what's it shock. Especially in America, they charge for EpiPens now. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. <gasps> or they, or they were trying, trying to charge people, like, yeah, people buy EpiPens. Oh my god. Yeah. He's got in, he's gone in, he's gone straight in. Like a beast. Oh, sorry. It's good, it's good. I see for that, it's looks yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum. Help yourself to coriander and or salt if you're fussed. Having this conversation about coriander, it's uh, love it, mate. Someone was telling me that apparently there's some science behind the fact why people get furious about how much they hate it or passionate about how much they love it. It's got some strange thing that's not in much else. I don't know if this really goes with it. So what this is, I should say, for the podcast, is a Melissa Hemsley's Malaysian sweet potato curry. And I found it in my mum's Sainsbury's magazine. Mm, it's in my mouth. I enjoy it. It's in his mouth. He started. It's called a one pot wonder, Dane. I like it. And it's coconut, lemongrass, chickpeas, lo- obviously sweet potato. There's loads of different spices. And, and then at last minute, it's a spinach. And then you add coriander and peanuts if you want. Also, name some of the spices. So people people get to grips with the idea of using spice. It makes such a big difference to a meal. Oh, it makes every difference to a meal. Definitely turmeric. There's definitely some ground chilli. Nice. Um, I think cumin. And I think there might be cinnamon. I think oh. that cinnamon and ground cloves are the little kicker that yeah. makes things Malaysian. Yeah. As opposed to Thai or Thai Indian. Which is it... lemongrass and yeah. uh, galang and shallots. Yeah. Thai stuff. And galang is like a version of ginger, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This has got lemongrass. This is a bit How of a fusion. How do you use lemongrass? Because I'm always confused. Because I, I bought some and I was like... These big stalks, do you cut it up? Or do you, you take out, so as far as I'm aware, you take off the hard outer edge, mm-hmm. and then you can use that if you're like stewing it for a bit. So you can stick them in whole, oh. but you'll need to then take them out before the end, like you would with a bay leaf. Oh. But with the fleshy, inny middle bit, just chop it really fine and then stick it in there like you would with oh. the ginger and the garlic. Very cool, that's helped. That's mm. some tackles down for me now. <laughs> I was gigging with Flo and Joan at the same gig that you were at this weekend. And I was like, what rice shall I do for Dane Baptiste to go with this curry? Chosen a good rice. And they said sticky tie. Yeah. Chosen a good rice. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, great consistency of said rice as well. Oh, good. It's very good. It's not really sticky. I'll be honest. Like, I looked at the recipe for making sticky rice and the first bit said soak it overnight. I thought I could do that. So yeah, I've done that. that. Yeah. I did it. I did oh, that. Yeah. And then it said... Now get your steaming cone ready <laughs> and your wicker basket. And I thought, mm, we're done. Yeah, that's We're okay. done. <laughs> it's going to cook it like normal rice yeah. after that point. So like, your second pan, second pan? <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's the bit about the microwave? Yeah, exactly. No, I've, I've, I've improved with cooking, I think, over the last three or four years. Yeah. You know, some things I, I, I don't really touch. Mm-hmm. Most stuff that my mum can make. Because, you know, I don't want to manufacture being obsolete. Fine. Yeah, yeah. what is the point? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So your mum is like the master chef. Oh, definitely, yeah. Although my dad's a good cook as well. Is it? But at the same time, it's like, you know, we all realise how economies of scale works and (laughs) she's the best, let her do her job. Nice. And uh, at the same time, it was very very clear in my house that the last thing you're going to do is expect any partner to cook for you. Okay. So I think I was like... 
uh, I want to say like nine when I was first learned to, to cook. Like really? Time, I was like, at least I learned to fry an egg. And yeah. So on Sundays, family would have like, like Sunday breakfast. So we'd have like, because I don't eat pork. Uh-huh. So instead of bacon, I'd have like mushrooms or something. So yeah. like, you would cut the mushrooms up, cut up some garlic and then saute that. So yeah, that was the first thing I think I learned to make. Mm. And then other stuff I just learned very gradually just from watching. I'm glad your parents taught you the basics at like nine. I think there's people that get to old age without even knowing that stuff. Yeah, it's insane. My, my parents made it very clear. And I think it's just a shared thing about my aunts is that uh, as immigrants, they had this whole thing where it's like British people can't cook. So you need to know how to do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> more like if you're going to be with someone from this country, then yeah, I'll your staff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost, it's almost like there's a kind of patronizing where they're like, look, then, like, whoever you're going to be with, and you know, and, and, and then, like, you know, everyone's with the feminism, so you don't expect women to, you shouldn't expect women to cook for you. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's very, very helpful. That sounds fucking cool. Mm, mm. I like the sound of these women. Even my dad as well. It's like, you know, yeah, he's into it. There's no idea. There's, there's, it's just never been a thing where, you know, there's, there's, there's roles where kitchen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, where are they immigrated from? Parents from Grenada. So my uh-huh. dad's from the mainland. Grenada has two small islands adjacent, which is Petite Martinique and Caracou. My mom's from Caracou, which is like that size of a, vi- a very small village or a hamlet. Really about, tiny island. Like, 7,000 people. Caracou. Now about 9,000 people now. My dad, yeah, Grenada is still very small, like maybe north of 100,000, but there's more Grenadians outside of the island than on the island. Okay. But, um, yeah, so it's some famous people from Grenada. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, wow. Uh, Craig David. Amazing. Uh, Estelle. Yeah. The footballer called Jason Roberts. And uh, Malcolm X's mom was there from So it's tiny places creating these huge stars. Oh, yeah. So imagine how I feel. <laughs> Shut up! Craig, Craig David. <laughs> she doesn't bring up Craig David. It's more Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> well, I think his family knows my dad's side of the family. That's too so funny. Yeah, yeah, so. It's awful when everybody's friends. Yeah. He's yeah. no, doing, doing all right, I guess. Yeah. I'm from a tiny village in Dorset. So far, as far as I'm aware, my friends from school have gone on to do super cool stuff, but not famous stuff. Loads of them work for, because it's by the sea, like, for the lifeboat now. That's cool. Yeah. My friend from school is Matthew Steeden, and his parents, Karina and Martin, and they, Martin was always into doing the lifeboat stuff. He's just been given an MBE. Mm. For doing so much saving That's people cool. out of the sea. That's cool. Really cool. But yeah, no Lewis Hamilton. So, do you know with lifeboats? Yeah. So, is that is that government funded or...? No, it's charity. Completely a charity, yeah. Because I remember in primary school, they'd come in and be like, lifeboats. Yeah, people come in and try and... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so not like the AA or anything like that, but for the sea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try this. I got given Fortnum and Mason mango chutney as a gift. It's a pretty cool gift. It needs to be tried. I'll try it as well. It's Fortnum yeah. Mason. It's Fortnum. It's the Queen's supermarket. It, it is. Mm. Oh my god! It's really spicy, Dame. <laughs> That's, cool. That's really nice. This mm. curry is sweeter than I remember it. I got sweet tooth them, so yeah, me too. That's but it's me. kind of like sweet potato and then creamy coconuts. Mm. I remember it being tangier, but maybe I squeezed more lime on it last time I had it. Maybe. It's nice. I feel like you're talking the whole thing down. So it's great. And I'm mm-hmm. uh, really enjoying this chutney. So Good. the Queen's supermarket isn't Harrods in, as people usually think. Fortnum and Mason. Mm. I've only ever been in it once to buy a friend, or well, an ex actually, a cigar as a birthday gift. Terrifying. 
It is like exactly like you'd imagine the Queen's version of a supermarket. Like in my head, it's like the aisles are like in like gilt, are gilted or like gold plated aisles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, you, is the Queen like coming up in, a, in a, like a chair and being like, "Just gonna get some eggs and bread." Yeah. Check it out. the smell of bread. I love supermarkets so much. I like the idea that she gets on a, a shit disguise. And just goes for a mooch up and down the aisles in Fortnum and Mason. And, like, she's just like a normal person. She can't walk past the cheese slices without being like, I'll get some. Yeah, yeah. And then eat some on the way I was in the reduced aisle. I was like, current buns. The reduced aisle. So, the, basically, the reduced section of Fortnum and Mason is basically... Sainsbury's. Waitrose. Yeah, yeah. Waitrose. This caviar is a day old. Give it to the peasants. <laughs> the Cavalo Nero. And a meal deal. Fortnum <laughs> 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 and Mason meal deal. <laughs> it comes with, comes with a, I guess it'd be a Prosecco maybe. Yeah, maybe it would be. Or Pims. A Pims, some cucumber sandwiches, or some in, caviar. Yeah, or an indentured servant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only, only, only for lunchtime. <laughs> Temporary. Mm. Mm. I feel like we're getting there anyway. Yeah. A lot of stuff seems to be getting real Dickensian nowadays. I think, yeah, this Thursday is the anniversary, year anniversary of Grenfell. Oh my God. Yeah. When it's the inquiry, isn't it, that's all kicking off now? Well. Mm. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, well. Um, it's summertime, so I'll be interested to see what, how that turns out. Yeah. So they interestingly left it it was bitterly cold. Yeah. People, people tend not to riot or protest in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure what happens this year. Yeah. And a lot of people upset. Might you say? Well, I think, I mean, as far as I know, no one's been rehoused. Still? Yeah. There's not really been a lot of rehousing. Everybody's still in temporary. Yeah, temporary or... Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, the, that's what the scary thing is, is that it's like... Contribute to what seems to be an initiative to just displace people that are have lived in London for years. Yeah, and sending them to the sticks. Mm-hmm. Which I would get, like, because obviously property is expensive. Yeah, but at the same time, when we consider property, people don't really think about the fact that it's also you know your proximity to work mm-hmm. and just to industry as in, as a whole. So I just think yeah, it's all well and good, like you're saying people could live outside of London, but it's Probably cheaper outside London, and then what do you do? Yeah, and there's less jobs. Yeah, yeah, you need to increase stuff that's going on in terms of business and infrastructure fully outside. Also, in the places, lots of places, I think, that voted for Brexit and it's more discontent are where there have been more people coming from, say, parts of Eastern Europe to go and live there, and they're not like in cities where there were already plenty of schools, plenty of yeah. rooms and hospitals, etc., where they have seen perhaps more people than there are facilities to yeah. make sure those people are having a good life in terms of education and health, even just basics. Yeah. On the one hand, yeah, but it's, I don't know, for me it's always a weird one where it's like, you know, I'm not necessarily that uh, communist or socialist in ideas, but maybe humanist in that it's, it's fine to say we don't have these jobs available. And I understand why people may have this frustration mm-hmm. and vote Brexit, but it's like, what? I don't know. It's on, the, on the grand scheme of things, it's like, you know, I, where was I recently? Oh, well, I stayed in Jury's Inn in Manchester. Yeah. And now it's like the whole process of checking in is, is automated. 
No. They still have people there attending and stuff and helping you out, but it's... It's going to be the only way to cope with that lack of massive... That, like, yeah. I think, like, uh, hospitality is a huge area where we've had so much help and necessary mm-hmm. from staff coming over from Europe. Not going to be there. Robots. Yeah, well, this is the thing. So whether or not we can remove what we consider to be a threat of, like, you know, competing with a, a mine group population for, for work, it's... Essentially, we're still fighting against the idea of automation, mm. which essentially provides a work base to have no need for, you know, uh, collective bargaining or unionization yeah. or sleep mm-hmm. or food, so yeah. or dreams. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> we don't know that. So, yeah, so we can't perfect, know that. We don't. We, well, we can't know that yet. But yeah. for now, for the foreseeable future, that's yeah. the perfect. That's the perfect. Uh, you know, source of labour for a capitalist employer. So yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's brutal. It is, it's real brutal. But, but, but at the same time, I think there's I guess, two yeah. things with that. I think on the Brexit thing, I mean, I just couldn't agree more. But basically, I think one industry, as far as I am aware from the educating of myself I've done so far, is the one industry where there were people, English people, displaced from their jobs because people came in prepared to work harder for less. Fine. Yeah. In every other industry where people came over from Eastern Europe, we didn't expect the numbers, but they've ended up doing jobs where there were vacancies because we didn't want them. Yeah. And that is... Coffee shop chains, hospitality, yeah. catering. There's loads. There's loads. There's no point even. Yeah, know. there are loads. But I mean, this thing at the time, this is the thing is that at the time, you know, the economy was healthy, you mm. know, early naughty. So people didn't mind it because, you know, a lot of time people could afford to employ these people that mm-hmm. they're now lamenting. So, you know, or they could afford to do a subprime mortgage and they could rent property to these kind of people. But, you know, everyone's suffering. But I just... I've always been of the idea that I don't understand why people believe and and understand that money and capital can cross borders and that's yeah. in, in in a globalized mm. economy, but labor doesn't do the same. No, <clears throat> and I think I just caught a clip of Chomsky saying, "Well, you think this is bad economically speaking? Like you look at stuff like just uh, environmental issues. Mm. Ecological migrants are going to be an issue as well because mm-hmm. you know in the, there's a film, The Big Short, and they're mm-hmm. talking about like." The dude that kind of predicted the whole thing and shorted all of his stock. Yeah. He's now invested in water. Fucking hell. So that's like the next growth market. Because that's where we'll start running out of. Well, yeah. Oh, Dane, it's terrifying. Have you got any particular predictions or even hopes for the future in terms of technology, in terms of eating and food? Um, <laughs> I am... Um... I understand, I I do, even though I may kind of, a lot of time, I do kind of uh, ridicule it for comedic value. The veganism makes <laughs> a lot of sense to me. Right. And uh, I think there is some real, uh, I think there's obviously there, there could be a good future in that and observing mm. a more plant-based diet. But then at the same time, <sighs> when it comes to agriculture as well, you have to be yeah. mindful of the fact that like, we're not really that savvy when it comes to agriculture. Mm-hmm. I haven't been for a very long time. And just the whole process of even uh, growing crop. Yeah. Like, who owns the seeds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, there are, there are some farmers and stuff, who, you know, they have, who have, they have to go to, like, a supplier, like, you know, uh, Monseco for seeds. Or Monsanto, that's it. Monsanto yeah, for yeah, seeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Monsanto, like, you know, some of these seeds, they're not able to reproduce themselves, mm-hmm. so, they, so they have to go back to them. And it's like, again, it's, yeah, that, that's an issue. However, I... And no longer, and I haven't really been, but they're no longer going to have a narrative where I critique youth culture. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, they can only take references from their predecessors. Yeah, yeah. And 
the fact that if they are able to buck trends or rebel against like a zeitgeist, then that's a good thing. Yeah. So I feel like they're going to work it out. And I feel like, you know, when we talk about stuff like YouTube and, mm-hmm. you know, social networks and how kids uh, interact with those and how, you know, some kids have been able to garner a following where it's like YouTube stars. Yeah. That alone for me is kind of encouraging. Yeah. And for me personally, if that's not being taught in schools or, you know, learning to orient themselves around, you know, whether it's digital marketing mm-hmm. or any kind of business, then as a, I'm not a parent yet, but I think if I was a parent, I'd be very outspoken about the fact that the curriculum should be as a given, teaching kids to be savvy about how they can navigate or you know monetize their presence on social networks. I agree, and I, th- I, I think there's a bigger thing there with education being behind the change that's happening, whether we like it or not, in terms of globalization and presence online. But I, but again, back to that, like. There's going to be so many jobs that we can't compete with technology for. And kind of rightly so in the sense that there's jobs where a computer could genuinely do it better because of human fallibility and the fact that we've learned to live so much longer, but we haven't kept our brains healthy for that much longer. So anything that involves memory or recall or fact retention, for example, medical diagnosis, Mm -hmm. stuff like that great that's a great day when we can have a computer do that extremely efficiently no one is waiting three weeks for a gp's appointment getting told the wrong thing not because the gp did any malpractice yeah. but because they're human and it might be a very hard thing to diagnose yeah. if we can get there's loads of jobs like that all jobs that involves calculus all that stuff I'm not saying we don't need those skills at all but why is it still only very um niche normally expensive private schools that are acknowledging that like Steiner schools and Montessori schools, yeah. and they're teaching kids left brain creative thinking, exactly that stuff. And looking a, at yourself, artistic. Yeah, lateral thinking, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And if you look at the people that started up the, the most successful Google, YouTube, Amazon, uh, Apple, I can't remember that. The list is Tesla, huge. Yeah. Huge, yeah. huge. They all no. went to those. Yeah. And they, all, kid and, they all, and they all drop out of normal, kind of archaic, yeah. kind of structures of academia. And it's a. Uh, I uh, seen a clip today of Jaden Smith talking about the fact that how the parallels between school and the prison system, and uh, all these comments about like how bad he was and like he's he's been homeschooled so he doesn't know and school teachers rules and responsibility. I'm like, well, first of all, if you're relying on external structures to teach your children that, then mm-hmm. I think that's a problem. That's a problem with personal responsibility. But it's just a uh, yeah, I just, I just completely agree is that. It's probably the creative industry is probably going to be one of our best exports. Yeah. And even if you look now, like, you know, most of the time for uh, kids of a certain age, uh, people of a certain age, like if you're a millennial, for example, mm. most of the exports from the UK are all like, you know, could be like, you know, even reality shows and just personalities and stuff. Mm. Or even these, so, because we don't have any kind of domestic produce. So really, if we're going to teach these kids to still be able to like realise any kind of like, I suppose, economic stability is that we need to teach them to entertain the creative part of their brain. Yeah. Like I said, stuff that can't necessarily be done by Well, start then they can be the people that think of the stuff that we're going to need next. Yeah. Um, and also, I think in terms of... In terms of eating and food, I, I know that by the time... I never did geography that far into school, but the friends who did, you could tell that they were being taught spits of stuff about the environment, bits of stuff about yeah. the kind of ethics and what's changing the environment... As far as I'm aware, there's very little education. Unless you're very lucky to be at a school where there's a teacher who's very, who's making the time, carving the time out. To, yeah. But teaching people about like what the envi- what's happening because of capitalism and the environment to countries where we suddenly want 
Or what farming is doing, basically. Yeah. But even then, it's like, you know, it's even when I'm growing up and hearing kind of like, I guess, quasi-conservative ideas about reintroducing national service. But that's only spoken about in like a military yeah. capacity. But then like, for example... I often think of that yeah. as a potential But at the same time, I learned the word coppicing when I was doing A-level biology. Yeah. And like replanting trees. Yeah. That can be easily be part of it, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, just uh, people being involved in sanitation. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's then potentially you would be undoing the work of like the whole Thatcher and idea of like aspiration and therefore looking down on jobs which are basically integral to our society. Yeah. Because like, you know, the idea... Because again... A common joke I hear about, you know, why do cleaners call themselves hygiene technicians? You're a cleaner, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, but it's like, if a, if cleaners all went on strike and all the bankers went on strike, as a member of the laity, you'd notice the cleaners first. If yeah. your bins don't get taken out, you'll notice that a lot more before you notice, like, fluctuations in futures or securities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I really think that's that's a big part of, uh, kind of, I guess, jump-starting some sense of national or communal pride. Yeah, or and and individual, I think. Yeah, and that, yeah, just yeah. having some, giving it a portion more value to all the jobs yeah. we need to be having, getting done. It's funny, isn't it? Geography is an interesting one as well, because like, just talking about like left hemisphere thinking, the geography of the of the brain is probably like potentially a, a market that you know could be researched. You yeah. know, because there's I mean, oh, so, we've many, got so, so many subgenres of psychology really and psychiatry. Memory. Yeah. So yeah. taking, so you know, maybe dedicating, you know, life sciences towards you know having different people specialising in dealing with like. So, for example, there's a professor in Harvard called Gardner, which I studied at uni. Yeah. Just for business. Mm-hmm. He identifies like seven types of intelligence, right? Which could be like kinesthetic, which is like how well you can kick a ball. But it's also how well you hold a scalpel as a surgeon, right. or your emotional intelligence, like yeah. spatial intelligence, and this. So you know, maybe identifying these things, yeah. and and maybe having different parts of like you know different groups or schools, or having different yeah. universities that study these particular parts of the brain, and you know maybe instead of having a space program, it's like just having these kids who work as astronauts of the brain. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. This, you know, because it's a surface that we've never really encountered before. What beautiful idea! For me personally, the idea of compartmentalizing. Uh, knowledge in schools now and the fact that you learn physics and biology and chemistry as three separate things yeah. when they're not really distinguishable from each other because all of your life processes involve physics and movement of atoms and the exchange of chemicals so why do we teach them separately where we just need to take the uni- i think at this stage take the university model mm-hmm. where you know all of your courses and your education is elective yeah and you give that to kids now and oh, then they can amazing. change it imagine if you got to choose from earlier on yeah from earlier but on. also and get that and get that thing where you're encouraged to kind of read around it because you're passionate about it because you're doing the stuff that you love. And that's I mean, it. And just, I don't and that's, know. That's, that's all it needs to be. And and because this is the thing is that I think people have this idea that if that was the case, then people would be adverse to doing menial jobs and being involved in in primary or secondary industry. But I doubt that. I think yeah. there are kids who do have a fascination with like poop, and they they would be interested oh, in sanitation. I mean, I have a two year old Dane who's go, yeah. potty training now. Exactly. So he's probably fascinated. The yeah. first poo he ever did in a potty, his first question was. Can I touch it? There you go. Yeah, see? So... We're all monsters. Yeah, they're all monsters. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that, that needs to be be encouraged. Yeah, it it does. Mm, Yum in my tongue. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves... Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. All we need to give the next generation really is a future and, yeah. and an inhabitable environment. Yeah. And the rest of it, they'll work it out. It's, I it's, feel it's like COVID. our society and our world is changing at a pace that has never changed at before. And so we're just... De- well, we, we, we are, just but we aren't. That's the problem. So yeah, I exactly. completely agree with you that, you know... So this kind of philosophizing is so important. Mm. Um, we aren't changing. Like, you know, that's evolution in terms of our understanding of it is, yeah. a, is, a, is you know, a thousand to a million year process. But yeah. our, speed of technological advance is, is like happening in matters of months or, you know, you buy an iPhone, it's, it's obsolete in 18 months. Yeah. So, you know, I, we, we need to definitely grasp that. And, but at the same time, it's like, you know, uh, fire can burn us or it can cook our food. But we're, so we haven't worked out completely how to master that yeah. since Prometheus boy, but social networking, we don't yeah, really yeah. understand the effects of it. And, uh, I'd say one thing is that for me, when I hear people speak worrying about the future generations or successive generations, it's like you're on, even now, as a collective society, where it's the media, so socially, we're not even now providing an environment where we validate positive behaviour or give positive reinforcement. Yeah. So now there's a viral clip at the moment about the girl on uh, Love Island who didn't know what Brexit was. <sighs> So she okay. has no idea about it. And then, and then someone... Good for her. Yeah, but it's superficial. <laughs> but she, she didn't know what it was. She's quite, you're like, oh my no, God. No, no, I'm not exasperated with her. No, I'm not exasperated her, but... by the fact that there's... That that's what goes viral because we but love that's what laughing goes viral, at yeah. an idiot. But exactly, we love laughing at an idiot. But Did it makes also, you but feel we, clever. Makes you feel clever, but also validates idiocy. And at the same time, mm. it makes us feel clever, and we can obviously deflect and feel like, yeah. okay, whatever our situation is, we're not that it's stupid. So sneering, but it's we so love sneering. sneering on yeah, that. we we do, and and is that I mean, that's part of reality is that we I feel like, and you know, we don't juxtapose that kind of pathology with like our collective depression mm-hmm. that you know we're at a stage where that's how bad we are we take yeah. schadenfreude from someone knowing it is but then at the same time yeah. that's on tv yeah. and we've been inculcated for years to know that if something's on tv then it's already elevated because we're watching, watching it i never watched the first I've one i never watched it and I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, apparently you're meant to start on series two it's on netflix i nah, don't know if there's room in no, my world i don't know it's such no a busy room. life no, you do have a busy life I, don't, I just don't see why i need to watch it it's, i don't see why it's distinguishable from you know x on the beach or or there's sex on the beach and then there's geordie shore and so and any one of these programs which basically involves people from satellite towns or you know from yeah. little britain being mocked. Well, being mocked. But at the same time, 
dopamine mob because we're there in Colke. We're in Colke yeah. with ideas. You see somebody on TV, mm-hmm. and these people go on to realize a decent fortune. Mm-hmm. And people like they're so some stupid, them, yeah. but yeah, some of them do. And, but then, and then some of them end up, you know, succumbing to pressures and have to get the implants and the collagen mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh, and then oh. it's the body dysmorphia. But it's all a part of the circuit. But for me, it's just that. So then now, when you're trying to tell your kids go to school and get an education to put yourself in better stead for a good job. Like, the recent thing they said now is that there have been more applicants for Love Island than to Oxbridge. Yeah. The Tuck Tuck Brigade would be like, well, that's where we are now, blah, blah, blah. But at no. the same time, it's like, why not? Because university now, you're lumbered with debt. Yeah. Where, you know, even if you are gainfully employed in London, you can't afford a house, even mm-hmm. with a dual income. So then, what is the incentive? Yeah, I mean, what what's ludicrous about that comparison is, yeah, because Love Island let people in. Mm. Come on. Like the barriers for entry are a lot lower, so why wouldn't you? People embarrassed by that comparison need to be Oxbridge. Yeah, yeah. they're the ones with the out and out hands up issues these days. Exactly. Did you fucking go to Oxbridge? What is it? Yeah. So maybe. So I mean, I mean, I mean, the people like you didn't go to Oxbridge either, and you know, the the kind of way the system's been engineered is that. But also, what is aspiration? Do you think? Oh yeah, of course. Of why would. Who is growing up now? You don't grow up now and go, I want to go to Oxbridge as your aspiration, unless you're already so posh. Posh is the wrong word, perhaps. You're already so privileged yeah. that that might be an option. Yeah, well, you know you're going to grow up right in a passage. situation where yeah. it might be a right. Or, or, you know, you're privileged enough that even if you worked hard, it's an option. Yeah. That doesn't take into account anything in mm. terms of parental wealth that yeah. you would need now to do any, to, go to any university. Yeah. Uh, the ways in which you are held back by where you, your race, where you, whether you were brought up yeah. in the city, whether you, there's so much. And even after so you graduate, much. then yeah. it's like, in order for you to and be involved, then, which we all discovered when we yeah. graduated, it was like, oh, now I'm going to find a job. We require a degree. I have one of those, plus a theory's experience. I spent those three years getting a degree you wanted too. What? <laughs> what? Wait, 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 no. But I, the three years experience you're asking for, I spent those three years get an education how, how, how does that work and mm. you know so then anyone that wants to get involved in a job with the creative <laughs> industries they want then you have to start at an intern, yeah. internship level and then who who so if you want an internship in Fleet Street because you mm. want to work in media or you want to work in journalism or you want to work in the creative industries or you want to work in music where it's all based here then how are you supplementing your income yeah. in the meantime to live in London only like I said parental wealth is going to allow you to do that which yeah. means a very concerned few people Concentrate few people were able just to sit on, sit on five figures of debt. Yeah. Like, I'm going to for the exactly. rest of my and then, life. Exactly. Well, there you go. Like, all of us, like, all of, so many of us. And then, you, and then you see you have a situation whereby, you know, you and that, and that all precipitates into someone like, you know, Piers Morgan, for example, giving negative punishment about football. Mm. You were never picked for football, Piers. I know that. You know that. <laughs> the school you went to, there was no encouragement about your football team. <laughs> And, 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 it was rugby and cricket. Yeah, days. and you we, and, and, I, and I would be surprised if you even prospered in either of those sports yeah. there. So you know, and, and <laughs> so it becomes a very very skewed narrative. But I, I, for me personally, it's, it's just a. I I think I take umbrage that is that you know when people complain about uh, younger generations, it's like this is the world you are creating for them. Love Island, that is that's a type of aspiration. You want yeah. to be on next. You want to make something. You're gonna your brand is gonna be you. It's a. It's not that much different from being wanting to be a model or a presenter. People aren't scowling like that yeah. at those. Jobs. Because the thing is, it's like you know, well, these kids should look for a decent job. Where are those? Because to be honest, yeah. At first, I look at something like the valleys, and I'd be like, "What the hell is this?" But then you think, well, in Wales, uh, nearby, and your yeah. city is Cardiff. Outside of like tertiary industry or or, or retail, mm. then what options are there really? So it's like, would you like to either work in a mine or on a scaffold, yeah. where essentially you're going to be 
undercut by an Eastern European who is able to do the same job for cheaper and probably a lot harder because he's not even aware of unionisation? Or do you want to come on a, on a reality show, be around Pedro age, and then potentially do, you know, do the reality show circuit where you might end up on, like, you know, a few others? And you might find love. And you might find love. <coughs> yeah, um, love, love Island, I, yeah, but like self, I don't know, I, I've never really been interested in Love Island. And no. also because pornography is free, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why, I don't really understand what the appeal is. <laughs> okay, I'm going to bring it back to Ian. Cool. Because <laughs> that's my job. As boring as that is. Say you had a massive night out last night, what's your favourite food the next day? Uh, favourite food the next day? Do you know what I'm going to say? It's uh, fur. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's tasty. easy That's to consume. Very healthy. Yeah, because it, I, but I I would normally say like the flimsy stuff. But I always found that like grease would just sit in my gut. Mm. So I was in Thailand for a friend's wedding, and the day the day after was very very hungover, and then had like yeah, just had like a broth, and I was like, it's great because it's like it's an easy way of me like because you know you obviously crave water, you're so yeah, dehydrated, yeah, yeah. but it's like again salty water, it's salty water, so you're basically, it's basically well. a rehydration tablet so in a delicious meal. Exactly, yeah. So that's and it's like pretty unchallenging if you don't get a spicy. Exactly, one. and. I mean, if you do have a spicy one, it can detoxify mm, you, for nice. lack of a better yeah. word. <laughs> and, yeah, and, it's very, and, it's just, and it's relatively little uh, uh, work for my uh, jaw to just eat noodles. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very nice. tender. Five second rule, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, are you someone who eats... I think you're quite, I think of you as quite a considered person. So I really want to know whether you're someone who has quite a lot of routine in what you eat, or do you are you, are you the opposite? You like got to mix it up. No, I have routine. I like to the point yeah. where so my, my plate a lot of time can always must be like weirdly OCD. Right. In that I I, like, I enjoy uh, cuisine like tapas, and I enjoy like uh, like Japanese cuisine because mm-hmm. I like it's very separate. Oh really? Like so? Yeah, like sushi and like a bento box would be. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, bento box I'd love. So it's another number of different tastes. So your palate is definitely stimulated, but like you can still have distinguished stuff. So when you were a kid, did you always separate stuff on your plate? Yeah, some yeah, a lot of time. But Mm. even then, it's like sometimes like. I've seen people have like baked beans and salmon, and I was like, that, "Those no. two, they can't go together." Oh god, I'm upset just hearing the words next to each other. Oh, smoked salmon. That's, that's Thank God, there was that little that's and in between them. Yeah, that yeah, was horrible to hear. Horrible to hear. What is happening bad. there? That is offensive. It's so offensive. That is, that is offensive. It's not, yeah, it's not okay. It's mm. too. It's, oh, oh. It's two different temperatures. Something. Two temp- it's, it's not going to work. No temperatures is horrid, <laughs> but also they're both quite powerful things. Yeah. Smoked salmon is very it's basically <laughs> scrambled eggs or cream cheese and everything else no yeah. thanks it's uh that's that's as snobby as we get it's, yeah. the, it's a mixing of the classes that's royale and that's beans <laughs> they don't go together they're never the twain shall meet but my partner's he's really funny about what beans will go with he can't have beans with scrambled eggs it's got to be fried eggs I'm and a, there's yeah, got to be like that. separated by a wall of a sausage or something. I like, get that. Yeah, I understand. I, I understand. Were you a fussy kid? Massively. Really? Oh, I'm, I'm the worst. Like well, we, especially sandwiches. Because <laughs> kids, you know, the kids, the normal fare, yeah, it's, uh, it's your ham and cheese, your grated cheese. Yeah. Uh, and I went for none of them. It's just jam. <gasps> just Otherwise, jam. yeah, yeah. So I'd, it, for school trips and stuff, it always had to be sandwiches brought from home. <laughs> With jam in. Yeah, I mean the conflict, the arguments <laughs> I had for school dinners, like to the, until I went packed lunch by about like. I think it was like year four, but up until then, just the worst. And even to this day, like mashed potatoes. Year four was quite early, though. Yeah, yeah, I was, oh, I was terrible. Like mashed potatoes, 
that's taken a while to even have those. Uh, you just have the stewed plum tomatoes at school. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't touch them. No. Nope. Shepherd's pie. None, none, none of the pies. <laughs> I was the work. I was, yeah. So, Lots apart of from the raspberry or strawberry that was in your jam, how were you ever having a vegetable? Um, I was fine with vegetables, like, yeah. you know, carrots. Like, yeah, yeah. Really, like, wilted spinach. Cabbage <laughs> was fine with and stuff. So, yeah, I was pretty fine with vegetables, but just, but just certain vegetables, like cauliflower or cauliflower cheese. Yeah. And I realise now because I was lactose intolerant. Oh, why? I, was adverse, I yeah. didn't know that. So it's quite adverse for a lot of the stuff. So, and even it's not it's not that bad in intolerance, yeah, yeah. but it's more to chilled stuff. So like yogurts and right. ice cream and cheese and stuff. So scrum diddly umptious. No. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious. I've got the tiniest pudding in the world. But you might not want it. But you might want it. There's no dairy in it. Oh. It's an itsu salted caramel. Oh. Pudding. I like it. He likes it. It's vegan. I it's like made it. by that coconut collaborative who I've got mixed feelings about. I'm gonna give you because it's the I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, Dave. Because it's the tiniest pot in the world. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a baby spoon. No, I love I always eat desserts with a teaspoon with. or a baby spoon. And I think it's because of the lactose intolerance. Oh, really? So I think I used to like be able to metabolize stuff if I had oh, it in smaller nice. helpings. Nice. So, but like there were certain things I wouldn't have, like blancmange or like, yeah, none of that stuff. I'm excited oh. about this. I don't normally have a pudding, but I saw these yesterday on my way home. They smell amazing. And was like, I want it. I want to try these. And it's vegan. Yeah. Everything's vegan today. Which is a. Uh, it's a culture unto itself. Um, vegan-ish, which means... I like that. Carnivores it's like, it's like, it's like um, almost like an agnostic. Yeah, that's exactly what I am <laughs> yeah. in every sense. I've got an open mind. A gastro-agnostic. Yeah. yeah, gastro-agnostic. I like it. That's nice. That's nice. Because yeah. vegan-ish, I hate all the names for it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to write something about this. Flexitarian, vegan... I've heard that one. Vegan. <laughs> vegan? Vegan that still eats honey. <laughs> Joe Sutherland has got a brilliant bit of stand-up about it <laughs> and a man in the audience shouted out oh and it was like what he was like what and it turns out the bloke honestly thought it meant a vegan that still eats bees <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I get that one I, but um, mm. but then I, I mean recently I've been doing on stages that I feel that vegans despite the fact that a lot of good drugs such as like heroin and cocaine are plant-based because of the uh, nature of the drug trade you're not allowed to take you can't have cocaine. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. If you're going to be like, I'm a 100% ethical eater in what I consume, yeah. you absolutely can't cannot have gack. Mm-hmm. You cannot have gack. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm trying it. Oh, it's more solid than I expected it to be. It's very good. It's very nice. Mm. And because it is vegan, I'm, yeah, I feel... Oh, shit, that's really good. Yeah. 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 Just, just do nothing but fueling in it. a superiority complex. <laughs> yeah, smugger by the mm-hmm. smugger by the baby spoonful. That should be a that should be the name for like a line of vegan dessert. Should be just be called smug. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. Because even yeah. like seeing Nicole Scherzinger when she eats fruit corns, I'm like, I just don't think there's anything that's delicious. Oh, it's, well, it's just it's just the um, maybe I should ask you this bit, but just the whole idea, like you know, when marketing products such as like. Yogurts towards women, or like yeah, yeah. That the, the experience is like is like yeah, it, it's a uh, it's quasi orgasmic. <laughs> oh god! This whole thing is like that started. It, was uh, it Gal- Was it Flake that started that mm-hmm. with that um, in the woman in the bath? Yeah. Fuck off! And who eats chocolate in the bath? Yeah, oh, perfect. With everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking nuts. This is yummy. really good. 
That's so. the nicest one of these, mm. I think, by Miles. It's not too salty. It tastes, it tastes like a Rolo. A bit it. like a Rolo. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which was okay. the way you uh, initiated sex when I was a child. <laughs> Save the last one. Yeah, did you, yeah. Did you last one to a female? <laughs> When's the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's how it was when I was a kid. Things have changed <laughs> since then. <laughs> I don't think kids even even use confectionery in courtship anymore. No. <laughs> oh, that's a sad sentence. Mm. I don't even think kids use confectionery in courtship anymore. No, they don't. It's... No, we didn't. I remember someone I once accepted 50p to get off with a boy at the end of my road. Yeah, but... Does that make me a sex worker in a way? But then, yeah, but then, you know, sex prostitution is the oldest profession in the world. So, it was know. only a peck, actually. Yeah. But still, when you think about it, like, that's, that survived as long as human, human civilization has. Oh, is. God. And I was very happy to come away 50p up from a peck. He wasn't even impulsive. Hey, in the world of capitalism, we're all, we're all sex workers of some type. It's true. We all compromise one aspect of our being, you know, to realise, you know, capital gains. So who are we to, we to, 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 to criticise? We're whores to comedy. We all, well, we all, well, to every, every industry. Yeah. Any, anything that you're being monetised for, you have to have some level of compromise of your, of your mind or your body. It's, uh, it's sex work. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the oldest profession in the world. And mm-hmm. I argue the only profession in the world. Because when you think about it, most of other professions originate from, you know, us working for our own uh, sustenance. So yeah. you would grow crops because we need to eat. Yeah. And those you couldn't grow, or if you couldn't, you know... Uh, rear livestock, mm-hmm. then you would have commerce or commercial markets to exchange yeah. that with other people. Whereas capitalism okay. kind of changed that whole idea, whereby your uh, capital uh, capital gains is not directly linked to your labour input. Yeah. Whereas you know, you think about most other economic models: the more you plant, the more crop you realise, and if mm-hmm. there's a demand for that. Whereas in uh, capitalism, for example, you may have a surplus of stuff, and if you make a surplus, that doesn't mean you're going to get rewarded as a result of making a surplus. Yeah. If you get quote, and at the same time, that surplus doesn't mean it's going to be necessarily reduced or have a scrap value. Because I remember going to a sale, a sample sale for a, a brand, and I was like, what happens if you don't sell the stuff? And they're mm. like, they burn it. <gasps> I was like, and this is in Central London. I'm like, you guys make like cashmere and shit. There's like homeless people. And, but what? they would rather burn that dead stock than give that to people and devalue it, the devalue the brand. I get my vegetables and fruit from a company called Oddbox, mm-hmm. which is just in South and West London at the moment, but it's all the wonky veg and surplus fruit and veg that's yeah. been rejected by supermarkets. It's good. And I've gotten to a point where now it's... Before, when you saw a caterpillar in your salad, you'd be mm. like, oh, ugh. Whereas now, yeah. it's like, well, at least you know it's organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point we're at now. Well, at least you know it once was in yeah, the ground. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, Cooking-wise, have you ever really badly fucked up? Oh, God, loads of times. Uh, all, all along the journey, I've, I've yeah, fucked up massively. My favourite thing my mother makes is uh, she makes, like, elbow macaroni. What's so, elbow so macaroni? So it's like, it's like the bent macaroni oh, bits. Oh, nice. The stuff that they use for, like, arts and crafts. Nice. And uh, she makes brown stewed chicken. And the gravy, that is my favourite thing to eat as a child. So in the process of trying to make that, there's been, there's been a few fuck-ups. I've almost, <laughs> I've almost got it. But I've almost got it. But yeah, I've, I've fucked up. I, I still can't poach eggs very well. It's tricky. I man. can froach eggs. <laughs> What's froach eggs? So basically, if you just like start to like very shallow fry eggs mm. and then you put like a lid on, on the pan. Oh, nice. So they stink in the top as well. They stink in the top as well, yeah. So that's like Do you sprinkle a bit of water in as well? 
Because I've done that with gyoza where you dry, you fry the bottom yeah, like yeah. almost dry, so mm-hmm. they go all brown, and then yeah. you just sprinkle like, a sprinkle of water and a yeah, stick yeah. of lid on That's them. That's nice. Top. Yeah, nice Oh, I've never pictures. thought of like what did you call it? Froach. Froached <laughs> eggs. Yeah. I, I poach them, but it's not like they don't come out completely tidy. You might have already tried it, but basically, you put them in a ladle. Mm-hmm. crack them into a ladle yeah. and then you boil the water and then turn it down so the water's not too rough and bubbly yeah. and then then tip it in ah. slide it in off the, off the ladle. ladle turn it back up and like ah. 20 to I've 30 heard. seconds and you're done and the other one I've heard as well is that you, you stir the water as well yeah I've never got that to work yeah, or like vinegar or any of those other tricks I just don't really see how vinegar would work no, this is, again, eggs, we've yeah. gone back to beans and salmon you don't want a vinegar <laughs> you don't really want a vinegary egg yeah. thanks I, I, don't, I, have, I don't have vinegar on chips either don't you? No, I close. I, 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 I disagree. Sauce. I disagree. I know a lot of people do. A lot. Of, I understand a lot of people do. I have onion vinegar. Okay. Onion vinegar in the clear bowl. For those who don't. Oh, know. Oh, no, it's like the white, the, the yeah, sort of transparent. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Ah. I like that. And um, uh, yeah. but you say you do have ketchup, did you say? Because it's ketchup. Vinegar, vinegar is. exactly, yeah. so, and that's always my justification. Fine. You're getting your. You, there's a sour element. You're allowed. <laughs> um, <laughs> has food ever made you cry? No. But um, I have a friend once who I've seen seen it though, and yeah. I understand. So we are uh, well. There's lots of different as, things as that stu- could mean. As stu- I mean. Yeah, exactly. As, as students, yeah. Um, I remember obviously our, our, the diet's not the best, and then we had like a friend of ours for a birthday. We went to Frankie and Benny's, yeah. And it was just like this is the best food I've had in like a semester. Oh, so you know, a friend he's over from Kenya and stuff as well. So the forest is like this best food I've had all semester. Like after like a year of eating like takeaways and stuff, yeah. and I was like. That makes me feel feel warm. Before I started doing comedy, and I had a job which involved like client dinners and the like, so right. got to go to a lot of nice high end restaurants. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like as enjoyable as this is. I learned two things: a, that I feel like the best meal was always home cooked because mm-hmm. you know there's a, that comes from love. And then number two, it was like as enjoyable as this high scale food and all these places like the Hawk, Hawksmoor are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it's like you can never really enjoy it unless you're dining with people you want to be around. Yeah. So it was always like, I told myself when, you know, if I do well enough and I can bring somebody I love to these places, it's going to be yeah, a much, much yeah. more enjoyable experience. Oh, so, so, so that's always been the thing. Like, and have you since? Yeah, I have since, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's and so, nice. And the thing, so I'm always, so for me, I'm always like, go on, you, yeah, try this yeah, one. Because yeah. I, I, I love to see people's faces and they're like, oh my God, I'm like, told you, told you. Yeah, this yeah, is so, really good. No, yeah, so that's, that's so my, true, that's you know. I've thing, never yeah. had to go for great food, but in bad company yet. Yeah. Like, I don't know how people can do it. And I hear a lot about people like going on dates where the restaurant was nice, but the company was poor. and Or people like, I'm not really keen on this particular person, but it's a nice restaurant. I'm just like, it's... Still not enough. It's a terrible combination. It's a, yeah, it's it's a, a necessity to being company. I'd yes. rather be alone. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah much rather eat by myself than be forced. So, to have dance you on tried me. like Michelin food? Uh, some stuff. Was it like yeah, extraordinarily better than no? Mm, no, not really. Good, good food. I think so. Have you I had any celebrity chefs food yet? Uh, the guy Reza, uh, Prince of India. The guy has a oh, wow. show. Yeah, so yeah. he made. I remember he made the uh, chili and oysters with like a ponzu thing. That was amazing. Did it taste of fame? Oh, yeah, it tasted really good. I could see how the other side lives. That tasted very good. And then the Michigan stuff food I had, I went to the maze, Gordon Ramsay's maze. Oh, nice. And uh, they were doing a group one. So Get it. So, yeah. Yes, please. Yes, exactly. But yeah, very, very nice. Very nice. No, really good food. When, when people were like, oh, I discovered that some of the marinades are prepackaged and blah, blah, and the jus and so It's like, yeah, but then again, whenever it comes to the point of mass consumption, yes, they have to just to keep yeah. up with demand. So. Yeah, it's fine. There's too it's many good, of us good here. Food. Yeah, it's too many yeah. of us here. Too many of us 
want the finer things in life. So again, if you want, you know, a bespoke meal, then, you yeah. know, go to your family or learn to cook yourself. True, learn to cook yourself. Yeah. But I think there's... Um... Oh, I don't know. It's just snootery. I think there's so many things where people are like, oh, this tastes as if it was frozen. Yeah, you can't tell. Yeah, you can't tell. And also, if you should be happy If you've ever smoked to... one cigarette once, you can't tell. Most exactly. of the things you think you could tell. Exactly. And, and, and also, it's like, if you... The fact that we can still freeze food is, is largely responsible for you being able to enjoy this cuisine. Because yeah. <laughs> if it was, it was an issue of you could have to eat fresh fish after it was corn stuffed, then given your lifestyle, then this would be impossible for yeah. you. Also, you're in fucking Dubai, so it's a <laughs> desert. We've had a memo. An alien lizard overlord has got his laser pointing at us and it will burn a hole through Earth that will make it snap in half, which is far from ideal. Only you can stop it. The lizard overlord has been quite specific that she'd like you to do a roly-poly, not down Scarfell, it's the biggest hill in the Lake District, but up it. Mm -hmm. You've got to try and roly-poly up it. Yeah. You do it! You're a hero! Humankind is saved! So You're allowed to sh shower or whatever um, you want, but then it's time for your award, the feast of your dreams. Mm -hmm. Nothing this answer needs to exist or be practical or possible. It can be totally made up. I want to know what you're eating, what you're drinking, who, with, and where. All right. This is what I'm eating. So, basically... Uh... I like. I love the idea. There are no restrictions. You, I want them to take every single piece of grain. And uh, I, my request would be for me to her uh, and for all crop and all crops and all silos to all be gathered and be distributed equally. Okay. That is that is what I insist on for saving the earth. I'd be like all the food that you allow and I'd, so instead of me eating, I would pass legislation that. No company involved in making food is allowed to waste food. Okay, amazing. That'd be like, that'd be like the equivalent of like I guess the Geneva Convention, where it'd be like no food is now ever allowed to be wasted. Wasted if people are hungry. Amazing. Yeah, because I mean, because I think if it was if it wasn't possible, I'd be like, okay, fine. I would. My favorite meal would be kind of like there's a taster menu that used to be a, a either home cooked with my mom. Yeah. But then I'd be like, oh, she, she, she not wanted to work. She wanted to take pictures and stuff. So it'd be a. Uh, Place called Rock on Charlotte Street, and that's where mm -hmm. I went. Like I said I went there when I was working. I was like, I want to take somebody I love here. It's amazing. So it either yeah. be either the taster menu from Rocker, yeah, which includes like Madagascan prawns, uh, black cod, like Korean lamb cutlets, and just different types of sashimi and yellowtail wow. and stuff. And it's amazing. Or it'd be Hakkasan, which is I think one of my favourite restaurants I've been to, where it's like pan fried turnip cake and wow. uh, Chilean sea bass and like mm. champagne honey and all this oh my god champagne honey like it's insane yeah. but um, but really in the situation of you know saving the world from destruction you know, I would rather pass a law whereby it is now illegal for food for food to go to waste okay so that, it, so yeah so it'd be the working towards making global starvation obsolete true to everything you have been saying, you have broken the apparent seeming rules of the question <laughs> and answered with your own unique, wonderful answer. Thank you so much for doing this. No, thank you so much. Mmm. Delicious. Oh, that was a satisfying one. What a gracious thinking boy. There are loads of places on telly you can see his work at the moment, but check out his live in the BBC, which is on Netflix. Also, his show at the Soho Theatre is on Soho On Demand. That's online. And his live at the Comedy Store is available on Comedy Central. Wow, he's really flying. And rightly so. And he's on Twitter. 
It's um, at Dane Bap Tweets. I'm on there too, at Jessica Foster Q, and joyfully, I've got shit all to try and plug to you, other than this podcast. And if you've got this far, you're probably already sold. Rate and review it. Please do that. Follow it everywhere. It's on all the socials as at the Hoovering Pod. And talk to me. If it's longer than a tweet, you can email me on my website, jessicafosterq.com. Lastly, if you've got spare money and you like supporting podcasts in exchange for prezzies, check out patreon.com forward slash the Hoovering Pod. I'm so grateful to have you around. Music by Mike Greenway and the podcast was produced by Emma Caution. Until next time, happy hoovering. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.